Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have ordained the ways of the world that we might be purified, that one day we would see your glory in its fullness. May we learn to rejoice in whatever it is that you bring to us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. As I was preparing for this Sunday and thinking about this passage, I started to read some of the commentaries, and one of the things that they mentioned was this process of refining. And I realized I had never actually watched gold be refined. And I'm sure that there are some of you that know more about refining gold than I ever will know or even maybe want to know. (laughs) But I took a little time and watched a video of some guy showing how he refines gold at home, which was quite interesting. He put the gold in with some other metals that helped draw out the metal, apparently, and into this cement around it. But at the center of that process was applying fire, very, very hot fire, so all that the metal melts down and then the impurities in the gold can be pulled out. And this is what St. Peter is calling us to this morning. As he writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you. When it comes upon us that we might be sanctified. The crux of St. Peter's whole argument this morning is that suffering brings purification. Suffering draws out those impurities and imperfections that we might be holy, devoted to Christ. But of course we have to understand the context of this passage and sort of back out a little bit and remind ourselves what is going on. St. Peter is in Rome, and you start to read this and you almost wonder, maybe St. Peter has some sort of prophetic idea of what is about to happen to the church throughout all of Rome. Or maybe he just kind of sees the writing on the wall, so to speak, and sees that, well, things don't look great right now for the church. I think persecution is about to come. Regardless of what it is, he sees something coming. He sees something more than just sort of the scattering of persecution that the church had faced up until now. And so he's warning these Christians. He's telling them to brace themselves for the coming persecution. We also want to kind of bear in mind of how St. Peter died, and there's a few ideas, but we're fairly certain he died in the Neronian persecution when Nero kind of lost his mind, burnt down his city, and then blamed the Christians, it seems fairly likely that St. Peter was martyred during that time. But that doesn't change what he's saying to the Christians. He's saying, be prepared for this. Be ready to suffer suffer well that your imperfections would be drawn out. Persecution and trials are purifying like that of a refining fire. But what does that mean for us in the American church today? First and foremost, it means the same exact thing that it means to the church in Asia Minor 
2,000 years ago. Do not be dismayed by the world. It's rather easy to turn on the news and become easily dismayed and discouraged because of all that we see as we watch the news. But what St. Peter said then and says now is, do not be dismayed, do not be surprised, but stand firm in the truth. Suffer well that in that fire, your imperfections would be sanctified. But I think we can also apply this to other struggles, not just external struggles. But the reality is that struggles, whether they be from outside or within, whether they have to do with our health, our lives, our marriages, our families, whatever the struggle is, when we struggle well in Christ, it helps us to release those imperfections and impurities in our lives. When we struggle well in Christ, it is as though we pass through a refiner's fire and those imperfections are burned away. But then St. Peter turns around and says, rejoice. I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at rejoicing in my struggles. Thank you, whoever laughed. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at rejoicing in my struggles because they're hard. They're frustrating. And half the time when I'm struggling, it's because I didn't get what I want and I'm frustrated about that. But in our struggles, we often see the pains that we have. We often see the idols, the things that we cling to in this world. And God says, let go and trust me. This call to rejoice that St. Peter makes isn't some cold and callous dismissal like, oh, that's not hard. He's not trying to pretend that whatever our struggles and suffering are isn't hard. But it's a recognition that God is refining us and that God is with us in that moment. It doesn't say, oh, this isn't hard, but rather cling to God all the more, whatever it is that you're facing. Cling to God, and you'll get through it. But it's more than even that. St. Peter goes on to argue that because of the suffering of this age, when the time comes, God's glory will be revealed to us. I think the idea of God's glory is kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around. Um, but the other night, last night, actually, we went for a drive um, and went up and drove around Granite Basin, and, and we came back, and as the sun was setting, to one side was the rainbow, and it was over the city, and the whole of Prescott sort of lit up with an orange glow, and it was beautiful, and I don't know if you caught that or have been too spoiled by our beautiful sunrises to be able to really appreciate it. But there's something about a sunrise, right, that if it's just right, it kind of takes away our breath. As I was thinking about this, one of the experiences that I had that was like that was actually driving into Zion Canyon for the first time. And I stopped, and I almost cried because of the depth of the beauty of that place. God's glory is greater than that. God's glory is greater than the most beautiful, most glorious thing that you can think of in this moment. And that's what St. Peter promises we're being drawn to when we go through suffering. 
That's what St. Peter says, makes all these moments worthwhile. That's what St. Peter says, makes this day, whatever they're about to face, worth persevering through. He also says that we'll be blessed. You are blessed because of this. But it's important to note what blessing is and what blessing is not. We so often think of blessing as the material things which we get. And of course, we want to give thanks when we get the things that we've been hoping for. But blessing is so much more than material benefits. Blessing is knowing God. It's interesting, as I've been sort of studying this passage, I've realized there's almost an echo of the Beatitudes throughout it. There's an echo of the Beatitudes throughout St. Peter's entire epistle, I think. But one of them is the last of the Beatitudes, where Jesus says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. That is on the account of Christ. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In that, Christ links our persecution for his sake, our suffering for his sake, with that of the prophets. But all the more, he says, that in heaven, our reward is great. And I think that greatness of that reward is knowing God fully. Knowing God how we were meant to know him, not tarnished by our sins, Not through the blinders of our brokenness, but in the fullness of knowing God. But then St. Peter has a warning. That persecution is not the same thing as consequences for sin. For example, if your car happens to have an Anglican province of America sticker or a Jesus fish on it or something like that, and you're doing 80 down Fane Road and you're pulled over and you get a speeding ticket... You were not being persecuted. (laughs) You weren't pulled over because of your Jesus fish or APA sticker. You were pulled over because you were going 20 over the speed limit. And that's wildly dangerous. When we suffer because we sinned, it's a natural consequence of our sin. But that doesn't mean that God can't use that. For example, with our speeding example, perhaps God is just telling you, well, you're going to get slapped with a fine, and then you need to slow down so you don't die before you're meant to die. But the reality is, is our call as Christians is constantly to repent and confess our sins. I was thinking about this this past week, how often we kind of want to hide our weaknesses away. We want to hide our brokenness, our sinfulness away Start to tuck it under the rug and pretend it's not there, but that we're really strong. But this isn't what the gospel says to us. This isn't what St. Paul says to us. This isn't what St. Peter says to us. But rather, to think about St. Paul, for example, he says that in his weakness, God's strength was made perfect. In our weakness, in our brokenness, it's where God ministers to us and to one another. It's when we cease to depend upon ourselves that God uses us to glorify himself in this world. 
So our call here, too, isn't to pretend that we don't sin, but to confess our sins to one another, to confess our sins as we come before the altar of our Lord, to confess and receive forgiveness again and again. St. Peter then changes his focus on to judgment. He writes, It is time for judgment to begin in the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? I think so often we kind of stumble across these passages on judgment and sort of crimp up because of our modern or postmodern viewpoints on the world. But there's three points of judgment that kind of happen. There's the point of God's judgment on the cross. On the cross, God in Christ bore the punishment for our sins. On the cross, God in Christ took that judgment which we deserve upon himself. And so it's not as though we are magically better, but rather that second judgment is upon us when we take Christ's righteousness. When we take Christ upon ourselves, we become righteous in Christ. We receive his righteousness, not because we're amazing, not because we're somehow special, but because we have had Christ put upon us. And so we're relieved of that judgment, but that doesn't mean that we're suddenly good, but rather we start that slow and beautiful process of sanctification. And that's all the whole crux of St. Peter's argument this morning, that we are being sanctified, that we are being purified, that the imperfections in our hearts are being washed away. But one day, the world will be judged. Those who are in Christ will escape the judgment because we are in Christ, not because we're somehow amazing, but yet judgment will still be poured out. Because God is good, God is holy, and sin and holiness cannot reside together. But what then should our reaction as those of us who are in Christ be? Certainly it is not haughtiness, because we do not deserve the grace which we receive. The grace has been given freely. What about when we see this persecution coming? What about when we turn on the TV like we talked about last week and some actor makes some sort of terrible joke about how stupid Christianity is? Should it be indignation? No, our reaction to the ways of the world should be compassion. When we see people ridicule Christianity, we should pray for them. When we struggle because our neighbor doesn't like us because we love Jesus, we should pray for them. Have compassion and pray that they too might know Jesus. The way of compassion is much harder than the way of anger. And I even find myself, when I hear stupid arguments against Christianity, being ready to pick a fight. But rarely does that work. But loving those who think you're ridiculous, that has a weird effect on the world. St. Peter ends with a charge for us after this whole argument has worked itself out. Therefore, he says to us, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. 
it's easy to look around and grow discouraged, whether it be because of personal things going on in our lives or because we become dismayed because of the ways of the world or some other thing. But St. Peter says, no, rejoice and trust because God is our creator. God created this earth and God will bring it to its end. Therefore, trust him and do good to his glory. Do good in this world, even when no one else. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.